Dang, Panda Express now has Sichuan hot chicken. I tried it. Is it good? No. <laughs> it's it was dried out and the crust was too thick. Oh, hello. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve. And this is 60 Cycle Hum. The guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. This first ad... Cold from the depths of Reverb.com by Mark Schwartz is for a 1963 Gibson SG Junior body. Yes, this is the this is the half of a 1961. You don't usually see SG bodies Gibson Junior up for sale as a parts thing because of the whole set neck yeah. thing. I own the neck, but it's glued to a different body. This it says it's 61, and then. It says it's 63, but then the topic or the body says it's a 61. So he says the neck is glued into a different body. Yeah. All right. There are great neck replacements under $100 on Amazon. Contact me for links. So we did the chill thing at the intro as a joke, but now it's just irritating me, Steve. <laughs> we were so hyped last episode. We got we to gotta bring it back up or I'm going to lose my damn mind over here. Okay. Now Steve's going to be chill on purpose. No, no, I'm looking for like a picture of like an SG Junior because I'm trying to understand like what is going on here. Like, just nothing about this make. How would the hell is this even an SG body? It, what happened is someone took a bandsaw and cut the neck out with extra wood on all sides of it. Like they didn't delaminate the neck. They didn't deglue the neck. They cut it out of the body, and then for some reason. They drilled like two inch wide posts for the bridge. That's what I have I'm never saying. seen post holes that big. I have no idea. This is so heavily modified. I look at this and I'm like, it doesn't matter what year it is. This is worthless now. Yeah, I don't even know how. Like, where there's nowhere to affix a neck onto this. You know, all that wood is gone now. An SG Junior should only have three holes in the body. This has five, six holes, like six. Uh, ele- right, holes right. for electronics. It no, should no, only no. have three, which doesn't make sense because it's only. Oh, you know what? They they cut out the area where a neck pickup would go. But there's not supposed to be a neck pickup anyway because no, it's a no. junior. But if you did do the woodworking to affix a new neck into here, you could leave a space for a neck pickup, which would allow you to use that six hole system for a switch, your two volumes and two tones and your output jack. But man, like we would do this ad just on the, uh, the definishing of the top of this, but the rest of this is awful. This makes me sad to look at. I don't like to start an episode up feeling sad, but I'm, we're doing it. I feel sad the, now. I feel like so. I'm I'm just trying to like still figure out what the hell is going on. Someone mutilated a guitar. That's what's happening. Yeah, I, my like, yeah. Just nothing about this makes sense. I don't know who the hell is going to pay three hundred fifty dollars for a thing that does. Does it? Like, how is this? This isn't functional, right? No. Like you'd have to be. I I believe a woodworker out there and a luthier could take this. And they could transplant a neck from a different SG onto it. And be like, oh, I've got this SG with a 1963 body. And I put a more modern neck on there to salvage this thing. But it's like, you're still having to hack up a different SG to do that. And you're having to cut up the wood in such specific measurements 
to have it fit in there perfectly. Like, I don't know. I'm clearly not a good woodworker, I mean, but it, it, seems, like, it seems like way too much trouble to me. And the whole the, there's the, like the giant a, post holes is insane. There's like some additional holes like down from the post holes, and it makes me think like, did this guy like? Or is that for like a secondary, like some kind of trim? Yeah, maybe. It is in the area where there would be, you know, like the trapeze style trim. But even then, that wouldn't explain the postals because a trapeze style trim works the, with the standard uh, tuna matic. Mastrola? Yeah. Must, I f- the Maestro Vibrola. Maestro Vibrola. That's probably looks, it looks like where that might have been resting on the guitar. But even that would be like three screws because that looks like this. Showing it to Ryan. Yeah. Throw it up on the hopefully. So, yeah, it's doesn't need a screen grab of that if you can. There we go. Send to my telephone, Steve. Really cool listening here, watching us talk about airdropping things. To each send other. it to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am accepting it on my phone. Riveting stuff. Yeah, this I look at this and like I don't know. It, luthiers out there who listen to this show, tell us, like, is this salvageable for any reason? Like, is this a valuable thing, a 63 SG junior body that has been... Com- massacred. Massacred, completely defiled here, other than possibly being scrap wood for smaller work? Like, I can't even... There's not a ton of wood left here. There isn't. Um, like, the amount of work that you would have to do to make this... Like, oh, I'm. I would turn this into another guitar. Like, I, I get. Like, you could roll it over and put the neck on the other side and put everything backwards. But I've seen modern guitars where the neck heel, like a, the glued in neck, extends out of the neck sideways into the body like that and fills a big space. Maybe that's something they were trying to do. But it just seems like the wrong thing to do. And the guy says the neck is on another guitar, so it's not like this thing had a bad neck. And, yeah. And he was trying to get a new neck for it. Like, the neck was good. What hap- What was wrong with the body? <laughs> it just makes me sad. I'm trying to find a picture of one of these with, like, just the... Like... So this is, like... I mean, a, I know what a junior looks like. Yeah, and this is, like... No, this is just missing so much. Oh, but this has six holes, too. And it has a neck pickup route. So, a junior can still have two pickups, but it has a wraparound bridge, right? No, junior is always. I, I think a junior is supposed to always be, be one single pickup. pickup. But then this one on Reverb is a 1961, and they're calling it a junior. I don't know, man. But I would. This is like a dual P90. So that's where you would end up with six holes, is if it has two pickups. So maybe right. this is either. Well, I already solved that mystery earlier, yeah, Steve. I wasn't really paying attention to what you were saying because whatever. Yeah, because when you see this picture, you're like you just you're, start hearing ringing in your ears, and you don't know what else going on around you. Like I'm not like a huge like crazy like nut for vintage guitars or vintage Gibsons to say the least, but to mess up something this old for who knows what reason just feels icky. I I just I don't know, man. Yeah. All right. You got anything new, Steve? Nope. Well, then ask Nothing me. Nothing new for I, me. 
Oh, I got my car. No, that's a dumb story. I don't really care anymore. Thanks for uh, sparing us your dumb story. What's new for you, Ryan? Tell well, us what's new. Uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, when <laughs> when we filmed this episode, I had done some modification finally to my Squire Telecaster back here. Oh, yeah. You've probably already seen the video, but here's the reveal. Oh, three humbuckers. I put three humbuckers. Now you can play all those Kiss songs that you've always wanted to play. (laughs) So I'll talk a bit about the cheers and the jeers of my own thing here. Yeah. Uh, I used the neck pickup route that was already here Mm -hmm. to make a template to make the new pickup route. And while I was cutting the, uh, the template, the bearing on my router bit overheated and fried and like fused into a solid piece of metal and then started it got hot and burned through what the route up here oh, which caused dang. which caused my template to be uneven and so i cut an uneven hole here with a functionally dead router bit anyway so it was already jumpy so i screwed Jeez. up in that department but you know i wasn't expecting to do a perfect job with this anyways uh, I slammed in a wiring harness from Gun Street Wiring Shop, of course, that has sent, been sent to me like probably three months ago now. It was like a while. I, I've been waiting for to do this project for a while, and for some reason I just got the hair to do it today. It slammed in there really easy. I made a bunch of mistakes along the way, but it was just me like being dumb. And then I'd look at the thing again, and I'd be like, no, this is very clear. I did the wrong thing, and so I reversed it and had to correct myself a couple times, just like putting leads on the wrong part of the switch and stuff like that. Yeah. All easy Classic stuff. Classic Ryan. This part was the easiest part of the whole thing, easily. And I had to wire up three humbuckers to a switch mm-hmm. and the ground to the pot and whatnot. Uh, do you want to guess what uh, I had Sean put together for this? So it's three-way, mm-hmm. single single push-pull. Yeah. So this is split. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this is all-time split. What does that mean? Like, it splits all pickups mm-hmm. regardless of... So if, it's in, if this is neck split, middle split, bridge split. But I know what you were talking about doing was no you got it you figured oh, it that's out. it that's yeah. everything okay because i know you were talking about like doing like one of the pickups as a always on with like a volume blend oh no i didn't want i i thought up a lot of different complicated stuff for this and then so I, literally you got like the most obvious of, and then of them and then i completely backtracked and i was like no let's not go complicated let's go simple there's no pickup blending in here you can't combine pickups it's just right one pickup at a time humbucker or split hmm that's it's still super, pretty cool. It's super simple. I think it's really rock and roll and like, yeah. like bare bones in a fun way. Um, what I really learned about this guitar. What did you really learn about this doing guitar? Doing this is that the stock humbuckers are trash. Like they are so muddy compared to the Seymour Duncan that I put in you the bridge. You put Seymour in the bridge. The okay. Seymour Duncan came out of the Titan. Uh, I knew that I already loved this pickup. I loved it in the Titan. Compared to these two, I mean, mm-hmm. they just sound like garbage. They sound so muddy and dark and low output, too. When you split these two, they disappear. When you split the Seymour Duncan, it's like a hot, right. it's like a hot strat. Yeah. Like yeah. like Texas sort of sound going on there. Do you, which, do you know which Seymour Duncan that is? I don't. It's whatever came in the Titan. Oh. So Doug, Doug could okay. tell us. But it's like, do I want to... 
I feel like I got to get at least one more of these for the neck and then maybe throw something crazy in the middle. Oh, Is it the bridge pickup from the, the Titan? Yes. So uh, another thing I learned is that my picking completely inhabits the space where the middle pickup is. Mm-hmm. And when I'm playing, I'm always accidentally tapping it, which is making a bad sound. Oh. <laughs> so I can kind of come out of this by saying middle humbucker, probably not worth it. But I'm <laughs> glad I did uh, the mod. I think it looks really cool. and I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think the, the coil cut on that Seymour Duncan sounds so good, too. I'm so excited to play that thing live. I, I really like this guitar, too, by the way. So I'm happy to have it in a state where yeah, it's a I'm going to do more playing with it. I broke a string on it months ago, and I never changed it because, like, oh, I want to do this mod. I'm going to have to How take the strings you. off anyways. So now I get to finally play it again and use it in demos and stuff. I keep finding – I'm trying to figure out what pickup that is. Uh Seth says he usually uses like Seth Lover. It probably is a Seth Lover then. So I'm I'm not super familiar with the outputs on those. Mm -hmm. I I swapped a McNelly into the Titan pit garden. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's cool. I'm saying it doesn't matter what model it is. Sure, sure. We solved nothing. All right. Wow, that was fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Should we talk about D'Addario? Let's talk about D'Addario. D'Addario. I got oh, my you little, got it. You got little it. guys right here. I mean, it doesn't matter. I can show you this, but you're going to see the bigger picture up over here somewhere. We have their, their, their universal strap locks, right? Yes, those are the universal strap locks. Those are the ones where they come with the uh, pegs to replace the strap pins on your uh, existing guitar. Mm-hmm. Then it comes with two other pieces that can screw by hand through the hole on your uh, your whatever strap you have. It'll work with pretty much any strap. Um, any traditional strap? Like if you're trying to mount that to something that already has like a plastic clip lock, you're just you're stupid. Yeah, you're dumb. You're dumb. What I'll say about this is like, if you use a guitar like an SG or a 335 or something like that that has mm-hmm. the strap button right behind the neck, yeah, this is the strap lock that you want. It's super low profile. Like it basically sticks out. What is that? An eighth of an inch. Yeah, and because of the way it's flat, it's actually like not really going to stick out any more than your strap peg would right. kind of stick out of I mean, the, you, the strap. I guess the whole thing here is is like a third of an inch. Maybe. So my yeah. knuckle is around an inch. Yeah. So it's about a third of an inch. Like all the other like traditional they're strap like, locks out there. They're they like s- bishop pieces from a chest That's what I keep set. saying. They stick out so freaking far. If you have to mount one of those on the back of an SG, it's going to be poking you in the belly with that little pointy thing on the end. This is flat on the end. And you're supposed to play your SG high, so it pokes it's, you in the nipple. It's <laughs> low profile. If you line it up just right, it'll just like like sit in your belly button and you can hold your SG on your belly button. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. it's just like this is like the smart choice. This is such a cool little lock here. You pull yeah. the little uh thing and it releases. It you can treat it like I mean, I know you can do it with other strap lock systems, but you can treat the other side here like a regular just strap button if you don't want to use the lock. Mm-hmm. They're good looking too. Good job. Yeah. Good job, D'Addario. Yeah. D'Addario. Great product. Check out the link below. Go buy some. Go buy like 10. Yeah. One for each guitar. Buy a million of them. Buy a million. Yeah. Bury them in the dirt and save them for future generations. They're going to need them for the post-apocalypse. 
<laughs> All right, this first uh, topic is we're going to do a topic grab bag. So we're just going to go and uh, grab some topics out of the Facebook group. We decided super last minute that uh, we were going to record today so that I could go to a concert tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, which has already taken place by the time you're watching this. I went to go see Jason Lee and the Riptides and the Surfer Jets, which Surfer is a band Jets. I've been wanting to see forever, and they're finally doing a tour. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I've seen uh, Jason Lee a bunch of times. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. He's awesome. He lent me his reverb unit to record the Dinosaur Ghost album. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to go to that. I'm glad Steve was able to come over here on a Wednesday. So we yeah, can we made it work. We um, made it work. First topic. Uh, well, what we do for the topic grab bag is we just go through our topic. We're going to do every topic? From the group. And we kind of just go through it and pick rapid fire topic questions i'm just you know what? i'm not gonna write them all down if you know people are just whatever yeah yeah there's too many i'll let you things. go first you pick yeah the first i'm one gonna you do tackle. this first topic that was sent by john owen yeah why the go. steve has been so salty lately and if the steve should rage quit have i been salty in the group i don't feel well, like you I've been did salty. ask if you should rage quit your own group did, the other day i did ask if it's okay to rage quit my own group was that in reference to anything going on um do you want to so name names? The, I'm not going to name, name names, but there's a thing that as we've gotten bigger, and I I don't think that we're anywhere near critical mass uh, for our group or our style, but it, it is this is a thing that happens more frequently mm-hmm. where every once in a while somebody will post something and lately it'll either it'll be something like um it'll somebody will post something about can you make this story faster? Yeah, okay. So somebody will post, say, about like Fender marketing directly, to, like doing all these small marketing tweaks that that is like friendly to women. Sure, sure. Or, you know, uh, uh, some someone who's talking about like, oh, did you actually, there could have been one today because um, uh, someone in the small builder community posted on Instagram how like all of these tariffs are directly impacting their company sure so that would be like a thing so somebody will post on the group like hey guys like how do you think all this all like tariffs are going to play out for small builders in the long run like these tariffs are supposed to be good for the economy in the long run but it seems like they're hurting people in the short run blah 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 whatever and then somebody will be like get that crap get that political crap out of this group we're just here to talk about gear and i'm just like, don't ever tell us what the group is for. i'm just i'm just sitting there and i'm like who the hell are you? Yeah. And, and it's always somebody who's like, that's the first time they've ever posted in the group. Right, right. And I'm just like, the hell? It's always hilarious to me when someone tells us what the group is for. I'm yeah. Like, I'll tell you what the group is for. It's for us, Steve and I here, to do whatever the hell we want. The group is, the, literally, we started the group in order to generate topics for the podcast. <laughs> um, well, no, it's a place to, for community. Yeah, the podcast. Well, but I mean, like, it's all like we do topic call outs. We do a lot of things yeah. like that. In if there. you want to go over to Gear Talk or Pedal Boards of Doom and be like, hey, political stuff isn't welcome here. Go for it. We will take on any political stuff as long as it can, like, go until it's, you know, it's grand finale. Yeah. You know, so, it's obvious so conclusion until, was, until we need to ban people for the things that they there say. There was some poli- p- particular political side thread going on between, like, t- Two or three people who I've literally never had never seen in the group before that day. And I was just like, I don't really want to get involved in this thread. I don't have a dog in this. So I'm just going to start a ridiculous topic of 
when can I rage quit my own group? Like, at <laughs> what point do I look? Do, will the we reach critical mass, and I'll just be like, moderators? Like, basically, it will just turn into if you act, if you want real direct access to Steve, he'll be in the inner circle. You can pay ten dollars a month to, <laughs> to talk to him. Uh, whether or not you want to stay is up to you. I feel I figure by the time we actually would hit critical mass in the group, we would also be nearing like. Like inner circle is a is a pretty active group for its yeah, size. It is, um, but well, I feel like, like seventy eighty people. It would there. be by the time like the main group got to what I would consider critical mass. The inner circle would be like uh, would be a medium sized gear group. Sure, that's true. Anyway, um, I mean I, a lot of like the other big bigger podcasts that I listen to, like mm-hmm. the hosts don't interact in their groups. Their social media, so they oh, don't interact there. One of the podcasts we listen to, they don't even have the, it. The hosts actively campaign against Facebook usage on the show. <laughs> so, like, they're trying to get their entire yeah. fandom to leave Facebook and all be on Reddit. We might hit that at some point. We might not be able to maintain a presence on the. Group I think at there some definitely point. is some value to like not to Doing ha- too much. to handing your group off of because you know for these guys their their group has like you know ten thousand people right right and you know if even like one percent of those people feel entitled to the ear of the creators that's like what a hundred people yeah so you know you I don't really to, want to deal with that i try to have conversations with everyone that writes me oh me too a lot of times it is it is too much and i'm sorry if i didn't answer your message but it's a lot there's a lot of people who want to talk to me and that sounds like a really bad brag but it's the reality of it yeah. now which is weird to be at this place now where stuff like that is something that we're talking about uh next question why are you giving up on condiments on your burger for the rest of your life so apparently something was going on on the tone mob the other day maybe blake said something in an episode mm-hmm. where he said something about hamburgers absolutely have to have toppings or they're just dry meat on a bun or something like that i'm of the opinion well, he that, says condiments, which is different than toppings. No, he means all toppings. All toppings. Even salt. Because I, I think of condiments as just sauces. Okay. So ketchup, mustard, relish, mayonnaise, the sure. barbecue sauce. But anyways, uh, this thread was going on. I Aioli. got tagged in it. I put in my opinion that if a burger can't stand on its own, just meat and bun, ah. then it's not a good burger. And then you can make a burger good enough that it stands on its own meat and bun. So I live streamed into his group yesterday of me throwing a fresh patty mm-hmm. onto the grill, letting it cook. This is like a 20-minute video. I let it cook. I throw it on an unseasoned bun. I don't even put salt on the burger. And then I stand there and eat it on camera on the Tone Mob I group. mean, if it's good, it's good. It was delicious. It was awesome. And it was so good. I did it again today for lunch. Oh my gosh! I didn't even. You live streamed it again today? No, I didn't. I no, I I live streamed it, Steve, which means I just streamed it into my own life. You like? You say live streamed? I live streamed it. Dumb, <laughs> dumb. Hashtag it. That's a new hashtag. Live stream when you do something just for you, not for the internet. There's no pictures. You just tell people about it later on the internet. Yeah, I live streamed it. No big yeah, deal. Oh no pictures. Gosh. No video. Um, but like. You know, I, th- I could kind of get behind awesome. that because I think it's awesome. You know, th- that's always not not to take it. Oh, I'm obviously taking. I I obviously have a side in this, um, but you know, this is the classic internet. What a burger versus In and Out, 
and the thing I see so many times is like I'm a re- I'm almost like almost like kind of a revisionist reductionist in and out where I don't I'm not a big fan of their sauce. Uh-huh. I don't actually I'm I, it's not that I dislike the sauce I just like ketchup and mustard better. Sure. Um, I go dry. I go no sauce on my. But I hear people all the time who are like, "Oh yeah, you had Whataburger and you didn't like it. Well, did you have the chili? Blah 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 blah. Like whatever thing. It I'm sounds like, like they like. It sounds I'm like, like wait, the I thought yeah, I thought you said they were a superior burger, not a superior chili burger. Right. Like obviously, you know. Any any restaurant can make a superior bacon cheeseburger to In and Out because they don't make a bacon cheeseburger. Right, right. Oh, you really love the bacon cheeseburger, but you don't love the cheeseburger. So doesn't that just mean you love the bacon? Idiots. Idiots. Dumb. <laughs> uh, I got to cookie one of these burgers sometimes. Just nothing else on it. It was. I believe you, man. One, one of the nice things about it is because I don't need to be converted. It's fresh off the grill. I just put it straight in the bun and I eat it. Yeah. Like it is just steaming moist inside. Yeah, I be- it, yeah. it didn't rest. If giving time for you to put lettuce and tomato and whatever right. else on cold sauces or whatever, it is this hot, soft, pillowy, pure beef experience and because there's not other stuff on there it doesn't need salt because beef is already salty so yeah. you're not balancing out like oh there's a bunch of like greens and stuff on here that i need to add salt mm. to like no it's, uh, it's so good it didn't this it doesn't is, need you cheese. know this is like this yeah you know there you're this go, is so off topic, you're going extreme to an extreme level with this but you know it's just like the classic you know like the mcdonald's mcdouble it's like stupid simple and it works yeah yeah Oh, that one has cheese. You want to pick another question? Um, which Fender custom shop guitar? I didn't. I don't know. I don't know either. We did talk about the Park Theater. John Cusack says we talked about that last episode, but for sure, uh, um, one thing if you, I'll say in the comments. So we talked about the Park Theater, which is a local Holland, Michigan uh, venue. It's it's very old. It's been operating as kind of like a DIY music space for local musicians for like the last twenty years. Uh, I want to hear stories for, in the comments, an email, whatever, have... from people who have those types of venues in uh, their own hometown and what they've they've had for us. Uh, Ryan and I ran a venue for, what, like three or four years? Yeah. I think it's funny that that theater is called the Park Theater. And ours is called the Park Gallery. Yeah. I mean, it's probably because every town in the world has a Park Avenue. Yeah. And I don't know if... San Diego has anything? I'm sure. Well, there's like a few like real punk underground yeah. kind of. Yeah, tell us about your cool local venue that's different from you know that corporate venue. Yeah, that doesn't let the cool music play because they're all stuck up and the the owners walking around in a shark skin suit. Tell us about the cool like local one that the kids keep running. We want to mm-hmm. hear about it. Um, pick a topic, dude. I just oh, picked that was a topic. That's, okay, okay. Now you pick a topic. <laughs> uh, if Steve ever went to TGU with you, who would end up being the third wheel? Steve, Andy Ferris, or Ryan? I think it would depend on. Well, you have more experience here. There's no so. third wheels at TGU. I th- I think we're all we're all in love with each other. We're all hanging out. No one gets left behind. I don't think there would really be a third wheel situation because I just go hang out with Patrick the entire time. <laughs> Be like, bye. <laughs> Gonna go drop some low, low over here. Um, yeah. 
I think you know who would be the third wheel? Anyone who's spending any time thinking that there is such a thing as a third wheel, because we are a loving community when we hang out with all those guys. We all just chill, man. But yeah, it would probably be Steve. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'd actually really love it if you could come to TGU one year. Just got to get there. Yeah. They don't... The first year... I should have figured it out for this year, because at the end of the year, I'm losing like... Unless I can figure out a way to burn it, I'm going to lose like 50 or 60 vacation hours because I'm over cap. Wow. Yeah, you should have done it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't get into the specifics, but I'd love to have have Steve there with me. Or even like the summer NAM or something like that. That'd be a lot of fun. I basically need someone to be my social guy while I'm busting my ass making That's videos. There's probably a, a lot to that. Does mm-hmm. TGU have like a heavy? Because I don't know. Because I know like it's sponsors, but I don't I know. Think, I think you could drop in and do a lot of guest spots on other people's videos at yeah. TGU. Just hang around the recording rooms, like, hey, can I jump in with you? It's true. That's yeah. true. You could also do podcasting with people. Be and stuff. real. Be really annoying. And you could oh, we got Steve here to play some guitar. And just blink, blink, blink. Oh, I'm done. Bass content, man. Yeah. There's well, that's bass what I'm saying. There. I just do a bunch of bass. Content I've been surprised. Content with Patrick. How much? Uh, how many views I've gotten on the few bass videos I've made at TGU? I'm not a bassist. You pick the next topic. Um, and then we'll move on to. Did you see this one from Josh Wren about a pedal board full of boosters? No, it's uh, apparently the guitarist for my morning jacket. His drive section is just four exotic EP boosters. Oh my gosh, that's funny! And he's just slamming an amp. Yeah, when he's just slamming a boost into a boost. I've wondered. But it like, makes sense. Like if you think about, you know, um, the uh, um, oh my gosh, solid gold effects. Like is all about those germanium boosts, yeah, which yeah. are like kind of a finicky, dirty boost. They're not like ultra clean. So if you had a couple of those smashing in, like two or three of those smashing into each other, you could like smash, smash, like have both of the first two cranked and have the third one bringing it like functioning as a master volume control for the first two. Uh And you could probably dial in some like really sick drive sounds that way. Yeah. My thought is like if you put enough boosts in a line, like... At some point, does the last one in the chain just glow red hot and melt? Oh my gosh! <laughs> or do I? I mean, yeah, that's you know, let's, let's a dramatic it. visualization. But like, do you can you fail a component eventually if you hit a pedal with enough? Decibels? How many boosts do you have? Probably not enough. I have one. I know. Two, I'm sure. Like at a certain point, you're three. just making a fuzz signal. But at some point, something has to fail, right? Or, like, each pedal is just, like, capping at the next pedal. And so then when it hits the next yeah. pedal, like, you're just hitting a bunch of caps. And, it like, it doesn't matter because you're just driving gain for each one. Uh, I'm looking around now. I have, I think I own four boosts. I've got stuff in drawers, too. I've got all sorts of stuff yeah, that could so be a boost. I don't know. But I've definitely, well, because I have the uh, Germanium Pelican, yeah. which has a boost. I have uh, two Super Hard-On style boosts. I yeah, you have, do. Um, and I have the Mount Hood, which yeah. I'm pretty sure the boosts on that can be can run on its own. So I have at least four. I know I have at least two dedicated boosts: uh, the the Tysco, and I've got a, oh, right, a, a DoD uh, Bifet preamp. The real question is, what boost do we put at the end to risk meltdown? I know, right? Some sort of Joyo thing or something oh my like gosh. that. Or a clone of an exotic. There you know. we go. Uh, a a pedal I put together a Photoshop for years ago mm-hmm. to troll the guitar nerds because they were talking about wanting like their own signature pedal. 
It was this uh, pedal enclosure with 16-foot switches on it. Oh, I remember It was this. a 16-decibel boost, and each foot switch engaged one decibel. And there was an, so LED, an LED for each switch, and you just keep kind of mashing it until you get the amount of boost that you want. And it would feel like popping, you know, like bubble wrap, like all the switches mm-hmm. going at once. <laughs> I still think that's a fun idea, but like the switch is kind of like one of the most expensive components in the pedal. Yeah, it's like a three or four dollar component. So that would be a stupid expensive pedal. So that's sixty four dollars in switches, which would guarantee that this would be like at least a two hundred and fifty dollar (laughs) pedal for a sixteen decibel boost that's unusable. (laughs) Pedal pedal builders out there, if you want to do it, make one and send it to me, and I'll make a video. All right, uh, you want to pick one more, and then we'll do an, an ad? Okay, okay, one more, one more. I've got to find one, though. Oh, Ryan, how dare you? What are, what's an example of two pedals that are just okay on their own but are amazing when used together, excluding the obvious answer of two metal zones? Damn it. <laughs> uh, two DS1s. I'm going to say, like, this isn't the spirit of the question. But anytime you can run fuzz in stereo, freaking do it. It's awesome. Two like, pedals. Split, split your your clean signal, fuzz on each side, going into separate amps, stereo fuzz. Damn it, it's good. It's two, so good. Two pedals at once. That's better than one pedal at once. <laughs> There it is. The, have you heard? The 50-50. Have I told you about my lord and savior, the 60-cycle hum Pelican Noiseworks 50-50? The pedal that we don't have any to sell right now when we're promoting I it. I do have one at my house that right. was one that we miscounted. And it's the oh, only yeah. double signature. Well, it's not a double signature because you didn't sign it. I signed it. Leon signed it. And you drew in it. It's the only pedal with that configuration currently in existence. Oh, God, we had an extra. Now we the secret is out. Now we have to do something with well, it. Well, that's the one where I've been saying, like, do we try to auction? Do we try to, like, raffle it? Do we let's throw it save on eBay? It. No, let's save it for a 300th episode and do some sort of giveaway. We can do it. a give If we do a big live event for the 300th, that could work. Or if, like, a good, like, charity event comes up. Yeah, or something like that. Where that we want not to a bad charity event, yeah. only a good and charity don't, event. Don't guys, don't peer pressure us. Don't be like this is the one. Support my cause. Don't do that. Just present your cause in the group, and if we decide that 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 is a worthy cause, we'll do it. If it's really your cause, this is what we want. You're going to pay cost for the pedal and donate another like thousand dollars to your cause. I'm that, down to do that. Something. Sounds really no, douchey. Of I'm, you no, to I'm say. looking for a cause where we'll be like. We'll put this up for auction and we'll match. Oh, okay. That we'll, feels good, right? We'll, like we will match? We'll match. So we'll double it up. Okay. We gotta find that the right good. we gotta find the right thing. Like I said, guys, don't peer pressure us. We we wanna go on this. It'll journey. happen. It'll I wanna happen. <laughs> someone gave me someone gave me a gift card years back. We're gonna donate to the NAM Foundation. <laughs> my it's a historic relic. Someone gave me a card, and it was like one of these cards. Were like, oh, you get to decide which charity this money that I gifted to you goes to. Oh yeah. And so I went through and literally just picked what I thought was the most ridiculous charity, which is like a support fund for ducks. What? Because <laughs> there were like these endangered ducks that needed help. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to help the ducks. Sorry, actual human beings who need this money for real help. I'm sending I'm so money to confused. ducks. Oh, man. All right. Uh, next uh, ad here. Yeah, this was sent by Kane Flores. This is a limited edition. Godzilla is a monster of a guitar. 
Oh, sorry. This limited edition Godzilla is a monster of a guitar. This is a new, excuse me, a new model designed by the Alfie guitarist Taka Miyazawa Toshin, uh, Toshihiko. I'm assuming that they're a Japanese rock band. Right. I'm not sure how I got that idea, but I definitely have that idea. Well, it says it in the copy, Steve. Oh, uh, there. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, I'm not that far yet. Uh, so, according to Neo Tokyo 2099, the model was created. This is an ESP guitar. Uh-huh. The model was created with the support of Toho, which is the studio yeah. behind Godzilla, and was designed to commemorate the 65th anniversary of the well, movie. Well, you couldn't monster. make this guitar without being sued by Toho. Really? No. Are they super protected? They're super protective. Okay. Um, it's an alder body, three piece hard maple neck with an ebony fretboard, a Floyd Rose bridge, Goto tuners, and a single EMG 85. You're gonna for one pickup a one pickup guitar. You would be paying five point five million yen, or approximately fifty one thousand six hundred dollars. Fifty two grand, basically. They are making five of these. And it's coming from Japan, so you know shipping is like four hundred dollars. The, ne- the neck shape is thin U, which is not actually not a neck shape I'm familiar with. It's the perfect neck shape for you, Steve. Oh. Neck for you. Oh, this is a bolt-on neck. I feel like at fifty-one thousand dollars, that's too expensive for a guitar that's being made more than once. You They're making five of them. How much were those? How much were those? Uh... Also, if you're making five of them, I want to see one in like the five top different styles of Godzilla. Not this just is this. this is in the style of Shin Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, Toho every time they license a Godzilla to an American movie making mm-hmm. company they take all that money and they go make their own godzilla movie in their own style oh. so that's where you get godzilla 2000 from that's where you get shin godzilla from which shin godzilla is a trip it is a wild ride guys so go watch that it is a uh, toho japanese made godzilla movie so this was made crazy stuff happens this was made after the 2013 right godzilla shin godzilla no, this is this guitar is Shin Godzilla. I'm saying Shin Godzilla oh, okay. was made after the uh, 2013 American Godzilla. Right. Yeah. It absolutely was. Which was how I'm they, just which is how they made like, the, which is how about. they had the money to make Shin Godzilla. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, I'd I'd love to see this in your your classic original Godzilla. Your campy '70s standing up straight Godzilla with your right. googly eyes. I'd love to see this in. I'd love to see this even in 2013 and the most recent American Godzilla, that thick-necked beast of a Godzilla. I guess that it they was came up with. 2013. Dude. Oh man, I want a Mecha Godzilla. That'd be awesome. I don't. I didn't see this one. Shin I Godzilla? haven't seen very many. No, the even I haven't seen the American one. Oh, okay, but. it's all right. Uh, the newest. I'm I'm a bigger Godzilla fan than I realized. Yeah, just apparently, <laughs> just by knowing that Toho makes Japan like the Japanese version based on the success. Yeah. of of like other countries' versions, because they're yeah. like using those licensing profits. That's already one step when I was, beyond. When I was a kid. And back in the blockbuster days, yeah. and you run out of popular movies to watch, and you're just going through like what's available. I would go through these long things, like, "Oh, I'm going to watch every movie in this franchise." Dude, now. this thing lights up. I know, dude. It's crazy. It's fifty thousand dollars, dude. Yeah. 
it's a full like sculpture, and I super approve of using the neck as a tail. tail. That's right. It yeah. works really well. Would you rather have one of these at fifty one thousand dollars or one of those? Game of Thrones guitar is at like thirty five thousand dollars. I don't want a Game of Thrones guitar. I super want a Godzilla guitar. I would play this. I don't care. Man. But it's I would not play a, this. It's this isn't like a Godzilla ghost. This is an actual Godzilla. This is an actual Godzilla. You need a Godzilla ghost guitar to fit your theme. <laughs> oh man, I don't even care that the guitar is not my style as far as like EMG and Floyd Rose and stuff like right. that. I want a Godzilla guitar. There's a Do you pi- remember like, there's a picture of like the 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 uh artist playing yeah. it. it. I always just cannot be comfortable. Remember when you go to Chuck E. Cheese when you were a kid and they had the big Godzilla toy up on the shelf and it was like a million tokens yeah. or whatever? Yeah. I always wanted that. This is my adult version of that. It was like a million tokens, but you could go buy it from the store for like thirty dollars. <laughs> I didn't and know in you... order to generate a million tokens, you'd have to spend like eight thousand dollars worth of tokens. Yeah. I didn't know you could just buy them. Some of those, like, I don't know if you can just buy them at the at Chuck E. Cheese, like if they'll just sell stuff off the shelf. But there are, like... I bet Dave & Buster's will do it. Yeah. You, you slide the guy a five, and you're like, what can I buy? Well, I'm saying, like, I don't know if you can do that for, like, everything. But there's definitely... If it's not at Chuck E. Cheese, at, there are definitely places, like, similar to Chuck E. Cheese where you go in. Sure. And you're like, oh, this is, like, 5,000 tickets, and each ticket is worth, you know... 10 cents or whatever so you you can like just do the conversion or like yeah yeah oh i'm i'm 50 tickets short can i just give you a dollar and is that like a dollar is 50 tickets or whatever anyway this episode is brought to you by chase bliss audio that was really strong and i don't know where i'm going makers of pedals that are more More creative creative than than you are are. (laughs) way to muck that up steve this is the condor Did you know that California condor was almost extinct and then they bred them at the San Diego Zoo? And yeah. now the condor flies again. <laughs> I think they're still pretty damn in- endangered. Like there's Aren't like they? there's like 1500 in the wild, but which that's is still... way more because I think at one point there were zero in the wild. No, there was like four or something like that. Stupid. No, I think they all lived at the zoo. They might have. I'm looking it up. This, you is, keep this sponsorship has turned into a condor PSA about the animal. I mean, if like what other pedal perfectly encapsulates what Chase Bliss does? They give you some standard, normal, everyday options. This is an EQ pedal. And then they just go buck wild with controls and dip switches and options and MIDI and expression and just insanity. They can turn this simple... What would normally be a three-band EQ pedal boost preamp sort of thing into this modulation monster, this this sweeping wah sound, wah sounds with an expression pedal, you know, like gritty, grimy, gainy boosted sounds out of this thing. It just does so much. Like this is a fix-your-sound pedal. I've been talking about it a lot lately just because I've been using it on my board Man, Chase Bliss makes the craziest stuff. I really mean it when I say that Chase Bliss makes pedals more creative than you are. Because this thing and all the other pedals that I have from Chase Bliss are certainly more creative than I am. All right, Steve, tell us about the Condors. So, the Condor, you are correct. The Condor is considered a critically endangered species. Mm -hmm. However, I was also correct in that in 1987, the 
I guess U.S. government, somebody, uh, captured every remaining wild condor and put them into zoos, put them into the San Diego Wild Animal Park uh, for breeding program. And so they've reintroduced this. I don't know what the – I didn't look at what the current – if they have the current population yeah. numbers. But at, I bet there's more Chase Bliss condors in the world than there are actual condors. Yeah, that seems like that would definitely be true. Oh, Everyone says, wants uh, it. In Everyone wants wow. the condor. In 2017, there are 463 California condors living wild or in captivity. That's super low. This pedal is serial number. No, that's not on there. Yeah, it's inside the box. What's in the box? It might be inside the lid, too, if I open What's it What's in the box? Go check out Chase Bliss, guys. Go. Sponsorship is over. On to the next thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as drinks go, does milk really rock? Oh, we're back into the topic grab bag. Yeah, we are. Does milk rock? Who's asking that? Justin Zvek. I didn't see that one. How far down is it? Ooh, oh. I just kept scrolling. Oh, there's a, there's a guitar that says milk rocks. Yeah. Plug in drink up? What the hell? I don't know what it means. I don't understand it at all. And this guitar has a weird, like, acrylic topper on it. So that's printed on the back of an acrylic topper that's bolted onto a guitar, which I assume is a uh, an Epiphone Junior thing here. Yeah. And then it's signed by someone. Who is it signed by? The King of Milk? Someone who no cares idea, about milk? He only sent this. And then it says, I think you missed, somebody said, I think you missed a point in suggesting that you milk rocks, as in extracting milk from rocks. <laughs> <laughs> to which Justin replied, I just skimmed it, really. <laughs> Skim milk. I get it. It's a joke. No, skimmed the milk. All right. Um, Do you drink milk, Steve? N- not very often anymore. Do you dunk your cookies in it? I don't like. I don't have milk in my house. We really? don't really keep milk in the house. Oh, we're a, we're a milk house. Yeah, um, we do cereal. My kids we use it as an ingredient. Penelope's really picky about which milk she'll drink, and she doesn't like go out of her way to like drink it. Right. So it's like if it's there, she only drinks it when we're like, "Hey, you should drink milk right now." She's never like defaults to milk. She just defaults to water, which honestly is like kind of fine that both of my kids are like default to water as their beverage sure. of choice because water's uh, good for don't you. have to worry about anything it's cheap too don't have to worry about your kid being like i love milk i'm gonna drink a gallon of milk a day <laughs> i'm just gonna chug milk till i throw up dad <laughs> well you skipped over a bunch of topics i was just scrolling someone says new tool there's new tool songs apparently yeah i heard that they're they're toolies. I haven't listened to them. I haven't Did you either. Listen to them? And like, I just got to say, like, I'm happy to be living in a time where I can see other people online uh, expressing just apathy towards new to- tool songs. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't I don't really care. I don't really I care thought, about tool. I think I saw somebody refer to tool as like libertarian sublime. Is it libertarian sublime? Yeah, that's super good. That's super good. Was that Philippe? It might have been. It totally is libertarian sublime. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's see. Why don't my parent Tyler Estes asks, why don't my parents like me? Probably because you're in our group. Yeah. <laughs> you're spending too much money on guitars, dude. <laughs> did, did you do poorly? Did you also do poorly in college because you were in a rock band? Well, I didn't do poorly in college because I was in a rock band. 
I just happened to do poorly in college and, and being, being a, a rock, rock band. band. Brandon Mullis asks, would you all do an episode on the history of Shimmer Reverb? No. Nope. When have we ever done any actual research on anything and had the actual history of anything? I don't really know where the popularity of Shimmer Reaver came from, but I will say I know it was very popular in like church music. What do you think the first big Shimmer Reaver pedal was? Wasn't it a thing on the the on the line six Verbzilla? Maybe I'd wonder. Tell us in the comments. Was there a Shimmer before the Verbzilla? Because I remember people being like, oh, you got to get the Verbzilla for that shimmer. It's got yeah. that shimmer. I bet there was some, some no, sort I, of multi-effect thing out there that was doing it. I think even like the RV, RV5 or RV6 has one. Oh, yeah? But maybe I'm thinking of the modulated reverb setting, not when the shimmer that, reverb. When the shimmer reverb was blowing up, I wasn't caring about pedals that much. I was doing just That's true. guitar into amp. Um. I just think this story is funny. This is from Jeff Jeff Lacan. He says, do's and don'ts of festival concerts. Went to a festival last year. Local band had to do ad reads between every three songs. Wasn't one advertisement. It was the entire 20 to 25 sponsors for the entire festival. Every now and then, the vocalist would do a weird voice to a few of the ads. Hour and a half long set. Songs were pretty much every other song off of a Spotify 90s rock anthem playlist. Didn't really fit with the crowd. Only person dancing on the floor was a bass player's girlfriend who made it super obvious after the performance by hanging all over him. Of course, depending on the chemistry of the band, do you stick strictly to a set list or make slight changes to fit the attitude of the crowd? So I think it really depends. To answer the actual question at the end, first of all, this is insane that they would do three songs and then a sponsor spot. Who talks about three things and then does a sponsor spot? That's crazy. That's Um, It's like people only do things for money. Yeah. That's sad. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Totally awful. Oh, man. Let me kill this. I'm just uh, kissing the condo. So, I'm not drinking anything. I'm just kissing. Um, as far as doing a, doing a set list versus like making changes, I think if you're in a cover band and you have like a broad set list, you can kind of like jump around. You have the affordability to kind of like read the crowd. And be like, oh, man, this isn't working. Let's just skip this song. Let's just skip this song. I mean, let's if get you're back, a, let's if, get back to the cars. Yeah. If you're a cover band, then yeah, you should be able to read the crowd and be like, guys, guys, scrap the set list. We're playing Sweet Home Alabama. We're playing Sweet Child of Mine. And we're playing Sweet Caroline. We're go, doing the triple sweet. This goes back to like triple you know, sweet attack. You're talking about busking uh, and reading the crowd. Uh, one of the nights I went out with with you i think we did 15 minutes straight of closing time yeah well you got it when the bars are closing and you've only got people standing and watching you play for like two minutes at a time literally from like 1 30 to 1 50 it was just closing time. that's when you make your nut everyone's on the street everyone's walking around they want to hear closing time it's the one time people want to hear it and it's just the chorus you don't have to play the rest of it yeah, we never got to the fifteen. We, we minutes. never got to the solo. Fifteen minutes of the chorus. Um, all right, what you got? Oh, I'm supposed to be looking for uh, <laughs> topics here. How many weird, wacky pedals that make wacky sounds do you need? Do you ever really use them in a band situation? Yeah, I always try stuff in a band situation. Every now and then, I drop something crazy in there. It's always fun to have fun stuff. I know. Doesn't uh, doesn't uh, don't the tone jerks? Get good use out of their Miku? No, I think it's just there. And when people are like, "How does that? Why does your right. what? Why does your rig sound so good?" Brian just goes, 
Oh, that guy right there. Oh, no one uses the Miku then. I don't know. I think it's always good to have a really wacky modulation ready to go, like a, a super heavy vibrato or an auto wall or something like that. I always make space for something crazy on my board because you never know when you're going you're gonna to want to do something crazy. I don't know. Um, um, I'm going to, I'm airdropping this to you right now. If it's going to, there we go. Um, Philippe from Caroline posted this. Oh, this um, triangle thing. This is a PVTKO that somebody has recabineted into a triangle. Uh, welcome to try it out. Great Van Halen copy amp. Over a thousand dollars invested would consider trading for hollow body guitars or Fender Telecaster or Stratocaster. Like what? This is insane. Did Van Halen have a triangle amp? I have no idea. I don't know what this has to do with Van Halen. I'm I, at all. It's a PVTKO, which was like a base, uh, a base amp that they did. Why a triangle? Now you, the amp is on the bottom of the triangle. You have to climb all the way down on the floor to adjust this thing. It's it's nonsense. That's bad. That's great. That's a bad boy right there. Do you have a? If you have a four by twelve and you put this on top of it, it looks like you got a house. <laughs> That's what it's for. Is for turning your four by twelves into houses. Yeah, because you're a house themed band. You're the house band. Someone says, take three pedals of a similar type and play F. Mary Kill. We're not going to steal the Tone Jerks bit. What's this 30 to 50 feral hogs thing? I don't know. I've been seeing that pop up uh, as like a meme. That is a meme I do not know. Steve, here's the big question to end on. Okay. From Beto. Beto. However you pronounce his name. Beto Rodriguez. Beto Rodriguez. What defines you as a gear collector? Big question here. I'm going to take a big hit off that bong and stare into the night sky and tell me what defines you as a gear collector, Steve. So 30, hold on, 30 to 50 feral hogs <laughs> is a meme based on a Twitter conversation that um, that Jason Isbell, you know Jason Isbell? Uh, He's like a country musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's real, he was also in Drive-By Truckers? I don't know. Anyway, um, so he's been on Twitter, post all of these shootings and saying, like, why do people actually need assault weapons? Like, what's the point of this? And somebody replied to him and said, legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my children are playing? So that's become this meme, 30 to 50 feral hogs. Because I saw it in one of our Star Trek groups. That's, I know the wild where, hogs are an issue. If you ha- if you're having to unload that much lead that quickly because there's that many animals, you are living in a hellscape. Well, so somebody, so one the meme, the extension of the meme is that somebody should ask Worf and Kern how to kill thir- the thirty to fifty feral targ. Oh my gosh! That run through their yard. Um, <laughs> but this article actually supposes that they talked to a feral hog expert who said that like this is a uh, this is not as abs- like it sounds no, absurd not. because no, because watched, we are yeah. uh, because we're coastal liberal elites here um but this is not like a complete 
Like, it's an absurd response to, but it's a very real problem. No, these hogs are big. These hogs are aggressive. There are a lot of them. I've watched shows on these hogs. I understand. I'm not saying these hogs don't exist. Yeah. And these, I'm saying, these hogs I'm saying, do weigh like 200 pounds. Yeah, I'm saying that if you walk out your front door and your children in, are in your yard playing and you look out at the horizon and there's a dust cloud because 50 hogs are running to eat your children all at once... Yeah. It's time to move. Yeah. It uh, is time, time to, to move. move. This same expert says that from 2007 to 2017, there were 70 fatal shark attacks worldwide, mm-hmm. but there were 84 fatal pig attacks. Worldwide or in that area? I, I guess also worldwide. So pigs are more dangerous than sharks. Well, pigs I mean, are around people sense. more. But it's like people don't people don't even I think people tend to not even know that feral pigs are a thing. Anyway, we have them here in San Diego. We do. Just because, not just not in those numbers. Have you ever read about how that pig population came into existence? Well, I know. They're how just it pigs. Well, so, no, there's someone uh cross there's these pigs that that game hunters have crossbred between Russian boars and standard American wild boar. Right. And they're these monsters. And someone released a few here out in an Indian reservation. And this, so there's a population out there somewhere, but we're not the South where food is abundant for these things. So the population's more limited here. We're in the South and parts of the East Coast, like they can just oh, eat wow. whatever's grown out of the ground and multiply and multiply and multiply. Apparently in 2016, I didn't know this. In 2016, they basically said that they're all gone. Oh, really? In San Diego? Uh, they said that in 2016 there appear to only be eight remaining. Okay, good. Um, I can sleep at night. But they were they were like, yeah. At one point, um, they just showed up, and people thought there were may have been thousands of them. And they travel in packs of like up to 15 members. Uh huh. Um, this is the most off-topic podcast we've done in a long time, uh, and I think it's glorious. And basically, so apparently the county contracted like a bunch of hunters. This is like a full-on Jurassic Park style hunt. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to bring these titanium to bring cages. these guys to justice. <laughs> so, anyways, dang, uh, wild hogs carry more than twenty-four diseases. That's a bummer. I bet I carry more than that, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan only ever had one girlfriend and he married her, so that is true. I married uh, my ex-girlfriend. Oh, my God. She's my wife now. Uh, What was the question that you asked me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, what defines you as a gear collector? Yeah, yeah. Back to that Um, deep nugget. What defines you as a gear collector? Like, I don't know. For me, for a long time, it was like delays. I kind of fell off that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not like a aggro, like got to have the newest thing. Yeah. You definitely like you, you pick odd pieces that come up. Well, and I think honestly, I think some of that is because, or you buy $700 um, pedals in auctions. Um, is that when I have in some ways, like I feel kind of guilty that I don't run a PT pro. Like, because I have all these pedals and right. like the largest board that I've had recently is like a PT one, which you can maybe squeeze 11 pedals onto uh-huh. like 11, 12 pedals, but I own more than 12 pedals. So it's like, then I have all these pedals that are like not in use. 
And so, and, you know, in some ways, like I always kind of feel like I don't want the pedals to feel, well, it's not that I don't want the pedals to feel neglected. I mean, it kind of is, but then there's also some pedals that, um, that I've bought that are, that are like either one kind of one-offs or I've been gifted uh-huh. where I kind of am like, oh, I don't want to like sell this, but yeah, but it's like the special pedals, it's usable in a way that isn't usable for the kind of music that I'm playing. So like. I just have some stuff there. I'm like, or, you know, like I have, uh, I have like the Friday club ED 450 delay, which is a great, simple little, uh, analog style, warm digital delay. Sounds great. Uh, works great. But then I have like other delays. And like, if I put every pedal that I own onto one board, I'm going to end up with like five delays, you know, four heavy, heavy distortions, seven overdrives and it's like uh but that's all like what i need to be fulfilled like yeah. i need to build that board but then i don't want to move it i don't have anywhere to put it i feel like what defines me as a gear collector is that every time i get something it's with some sort of like overly complicated and ambitious project in mind like oh mm. i'm gonna get this guitar and it's gonna be this guitar that I, you know, like start this band with or like, Oh, well I'm getting this guitar and I'm going to do all these mods to it. And it's going to be this crazy thing when I'm done with it. Or I, Oh, I'm putting together a busking board. So I got to get another right. looper. I got to get a battery amp. Like I have just these ambitious ideas that almost never are realized. <laughs> so then I end up with all this crazy stuff. Like I bought that EHX, uh, splitter pedal. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, I can use this to like swap between pedals in demos and I still haven't used it for that purpose. You know, I had a plan for it. I'd buy this thing, this next ad. All right. Uh, before in we get this next ad, we got a bunch of housekeeping to do because we didn't do it last week. Uh, we want to thank the following people for sponsoring, uh, pledging $5 a month to the show is basically sponsoring the show. Yeah. Uh, Wesley Scott, Robert Butterworth and Zach Hale. If you would like to be a personal, sponsor of the show and get your one-time shout out one of these days i'm going to print out the entire patreon list and just read them all off like yeah like not as a weekly thing like some other shows do but you know not just one like breath a, not a, in several breaths do it I'll several do it, i'll do it while drinking well controlled crushing a beer even and pleasant breaths anyway head on over to uh, patreon.com slash 60 cycle hum uh, you can donate anywhere from one dollar to a billion dollars. A billion dollars. That's the way guys. to do. All right, this uh, this last ad was sent by Javier Diaz. It wasn't uh, sent. It wasn't, it I was, screen grabbed it off of Ugly Guitars Group. There you go. Uh, this is a barnacle delay. Uh, apparently, this guy found a boss. Um, well, there's no story here. The the guy who posted it, he found. This picture on Instagram oh, okay. or something. Or, well, or whoever Twitter. found it, like, found this pedal, which I think is a Boss DD5. It could be a, a few different DDs. It could be a DD5, though. Does a DD3 have a hold function? No. Wait. Maybe. Yes. Oh, it does. Oh, wait, is that, it no, DD5? This is my, my 6. Oh, okay. Um, this has a hold function... Let me see your six. Check my six. Um, oh, this has the sticker on it though. So. I don't know where the three is. This doesn't. This has a clear LED, so this is not a six. Is it a five? Uh, I think this is a five. But it says six on it. 
No, no, yours is a six. Oh, I'm okay, saying, okay, I, think I see. This pedal is a five. Oh, okay, I see. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a Boss Digital Delay. It's covered in barnacles. I'm sure the innards of it are completely destroyed. But man, like, don't you want to rehouse something? I don't know, man. Uh, if you open it up and you clean out the the sand and the other barnacles and the sea critters that are living in there, there's a hermit Dude, crab. You're gonna have to rebuild the traces. There's no way the circuit board is not completely rusted. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. With that level of external damage, but I don't. You know, what? I don't care. Fifty bucks local. I go pick this up and I put it on my shelf just to look at it. I don't care. This is a. Spon- I think it looks. This was awesome. actually. Uh, you would sell this for a premium because you would advertise this as SpongeBob's personal delay pedal. <laughs> I would pay. Uh, uh, what's his name to rehouse this? Um, wrought iron. Oh yeah, Ed Chu. Ed, wrought iron. Jeez. My brain almost like fried out of my ears just Idiot. then. Why couldn't I think of your name, Ed? But I would I would pay Ed to rehouse a functioning DD six or DD three yeah. into this case. You could put any DD in this. Any DD I would have put in this case. Just to like you couldn't like artificially put the barnacles on this yeah, right? to look this perfect and like it just has that Pirates of the Caribbean like ghost ship vibe. It just like. It has the look. It's so cool. This is like the kind of relic I want to see on pedals. This yeah. is this is the most hashtag natural relic I've ever seen on a pedal. What do you think the story is behind this ending up in the ocean? Who knows, man? Maybe it was like a beach house that like collapsed off of a cliff and just kind of stuff Maybe. got washed away. Maybe like a shipping container. Uh, fell off a ship. Maybe some drunk guy who was busking at Pacific Beach. And like went to the like got kicked off the boardwalk by the popo, so he just went out to the ocean. Uh, left the whatever. There's behind. a lot of jokes we could make about left the fires behind. About, swam out past the breakers and watched watched his oh my god DD, his boss DD series delay die. There's a lot of jokes we could make about wet dry rigs here, but this is definitely not, for a wet rig. We're not hacks. We're not going to make those jokes. They're too easy. I already for did. Us. <laughs> All right, uh, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. This uh, song was sent by um, Chris from the band Odd Daughters. Chris. What the hell? You just made that sound. Chris. No, I just went. I did not do $6 million. Listen to it when it goes live, Steve. I've attached a copy of our new song, Everybody's an Attic. We haven't released it yet. So you get to debut it to the world on your show. Oh boy. Well, this was sent back in July, so that may or may not be true. Uh, this was recorded using an MIJ Fender Telecaster into a Bad Cat Cougar 50 using just the amp gain for tone. There's a fuzzy part that we used. Uh, uh, there's a fuzzy part that we used a bass big muff into an EHX Micropog 4. We hope you enjoy it. If you're interested in hearing any of our other stuff, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and Bandcamp under the name Odd Daughters. Uh, keep up the good work, boys. So I'll drop a link. Probably I usually link to Bandcamp. Uh, in the notes, but maybe I'll do links to all of them. Who knows? Maybe I'm feeling Steve, fun. just feeling linky, feeling link, slinky and linky. All right, guys, hope you love the song. We are getting the heck out of here. Bye, everybody. Stay, Stay grounded. grounded.